The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Friday, the 15th of October, just four days now in our countdown to the start of the NBA season. This is a fun countdown to do. Most seasons, I don't do weekend shows. This time, we literally get to do a true countdown. Tomorrow, Saturday, you'll get the three-day warning. Sunday, you'll get the two-day warning. Monday, you'll get the one-day. Tuesday morning, midday, whatever it is, you'll get the here it comes episode of Fantasy NBA Today. Welcome to the show, everybody. That's the name of the show, Fantasy NBA Today. I'm your host, Dan Bespris, and this is a hoop ball presentation. Hoopball is hoop-ball.com. That's the website. Our benevolent overlords, as I like to call them. Not like the robot overlords. They're coming, but we, they're not here yet. Uh, you can follow Hoopball's Twitter feed, the fantasy info feed, at Hoopball Fantasy, which is going to become a critical part of your daily fantasy analysis, especially once the season gets going. So that's going to have uh, lineup adjustments, injury news, box score news, anything fantasy-related, as well as the breakdowns that come of it. We're going to start today's show the way we have been on most of our recent pods and just dive right into player analysis. After that, we'll be talking to one of my good buddies from Hoopball, the great Adam King, who's been teaching us how to punt so far during this preseason, but we're actually going to talk a bit about his sleepers on today's episode. Today, I want to talk to you guys about Jimmy freaking Butler. I want to talk to you about Jimmy freaking Butler because I don't know that there's anyone in the upper crust of the NBA who gets less love than Jimmy freaking Butler. And everybody's like, well, he always misses time. And you know what? You're right. He always does miss time. But last year was also a little bit different when you consider the notion that, one, he had just gone through a ridiculous 20-game bubble run where he played 38 minutes per game during their postseason run 2019-2020 season. So if anybody thought he was going to make it through this last season healthy... You were nuts. The fact that he missed 20 games but actually finished the season strong was almost a win when you think about what happened to guys like LeBron and Anthony Davis. I mean, again, this, I think, puts into perspective how unbelievably valuable Bam Adebayo is because he played all but eight games after that bubble run, and he got hurt during the bubble. Butler just played until that, you know, the meme of him falling over on the stanchion, completely out of gas. He played like 44 out of 48 minutes in that ballgame. But Jimmy Butler doesn't make it through a season healthy, which makes him a relatively difficult head-to-head player to grab. Going all the way back to Minnesota in 2017-2018, this was uh, the, the season he spent the full year in Minnesota. He played 59 out of their 82 ball games. Following year, Started in Minnesota, finished up in Philadelphia, played 65 out of 82. And the two shortened season, he missed 14 and 20 ballgames. So he's a guy where, at least lately, you can pretty much count on him missing about 15 games a year. And that sucks. 
because it is always going to make him a difficult player to take in head-to-head. But the flip side of that, and what I'm here to talk to you about, is how ridiculously good he is when he's on the court. Jimmy Butler this year was number eight on a per-game basis. By totals this last season, Jimmy Butler was number 11, which, again, I think puts into focus how ridiculously powerful it is to have someone who is in, I mean, legitimately, like, Jokic was in Tier 1, Steph was in Tier 2, and then Tier 3 in that top zone was Kyrie, Embiid, Harden, Kawhi, Durant, Jimmy Butler, maybe Damian Lillard. You could probably throw Dame into that that third grouping last year. And what's more, first of all, Butler averaged 21.5 points, seven boards, seven assists, two steals, over two steals, 50% from the field and 86% of the foul line. What's more, over the last half, basically the second half of this most recent season, Jimmy Butler was number three on a per-game basis. 22.5 points, 6.6 rebounds, seven assists, two steals, 52% from the field, and 86.5% at the free throw line. His numbers didn't change all that much other than his field goal percent actually got even better during the second half. Yes, that team added Kyle Lowry, but from an overall standpoint, this is still Jimmy Butler's team. He's the guy that makes the engine go. Do I think his two-plus steals per game can stick? It's possible that that comes back to earth a little bit, but historically, he's been a very good steals guy. He was 1.8 the previous year. Uh, 2.4 briefly in Minnesota, and then 1.8 in Philadelphia, so that leveled off to uh, roughly about 2 again that year. 2 with Minnesota the year before that. 1.9 with Chicago the year before that. So he's been pretty freaking close to 2 steals a game, if not better than that, in a couple of instances. The 86% foul shooting always felt like it was there for him. He actually had a, a season or two mixed in where he was at like 83 And that was more the outlier. And then the shooting is the thing that really surprised all of us. And basically what he did was he stopped taking three-pointers. Just wiped them out again. He got up to four, well, briefly. Uh, In Minnesota, he took a bunch. In Philadelphia, he kind of wiped them out mostly. And then last year in Miami, same kind of thing. He sort of wiped out the three-pointers. He actually didn't shoot the ball well his first season with the Heat below his career mark. Now, will he do 50% again from the field? I don't know. That's a hard that's a hard thing to expect, but if guys are actually improving on their overall shot selection, that comes into play. I'm not super worried about Butler losing a bunch of free throws. His stuff is not typically like sticking his butt backwards from the three-point line. He gets fouled when he's pump faking near the basket. So I don't think those will come down very much either. Will he be a top three per game guy for the entire season? Probably not. 52% from the field is probably too high for us to expect him to keep up. But, again, when you look at the full season body of work from Jimmy this year, 49 and change, maybe that's doable again. But 21-7-7, and like I don't think that's really coming down all that much. I don't think they brought in Kyle Lowry to siphon off a bunch of Jimmy Butler's usage. They brought in Kyle Lowry so Butler can, I don't know, like, maybe be off the ball for a second, but that's a movement offense, and he's the engine. I also think Miami is going to come out this season with a little more to prove. Last year was, they were kind of floating through it, and and it was through sheer willpower of Butler and Adebayo that that team was even competitive during the regular season. That was so rough. So with Butler, 
here's this guy who's sitting around until, you know, 16 to 20 range that, again, last year was a first-rounder per game and totals. I'm here to tell you guys that you can draft Jimmy Butler on the turn, and there is nothing wrong with that. Because Anthony Davis scares the hell out of me. Couldn't make his free throws in the preseason here either. So everybody's like, who do I take on the turn? Do I take Anthony Davis? Do I take Bradley Beal? Do I take Paul George? I would say throw Butler into that mix. By the way, I know Paul George could have a a ridiculous season. We do need his steals to come back to get there. I think they do. I lean that direction, but we probably need a Paul George episode of the podcast also. Please take a moment, by the way, if you've been enjoying all of our shows here recently, I beg of you guys, literally begging of you on bended knee to drop a five-star review on the pod. Subscribe. Hitting that button just means everything to our podcast growth. If you leave a five-star review and write something funny, I'll probably go through those at some point when I'm not afraid of what I'm going to find, maybe after the season starts. You can do that by opening up the podcast app on your mobile device, searching for Fantasy NBA Today. Even if you're already listening to the podcast right now, you still have to go back through this process Search for the name of the show, click on the show title, the big logo, not an episode name, and then scroll to the bottom of the page there on your phone. If you're on a computer, open up iTunes, navigate to the podcast tab, search for Fantasy NBA Today, kind of the same process there, click on the show, and then there's a rating and review button you can push, a little easier when you're using iTunes that way. Again, you can find me on Twitter, at Dan Bespris. I bring that up because, again, we're doing all sorts of stuff. But yesterday or two days ago, I, I put out a thread that said, hey, who do you want me to break down on Twitter? And like 45 of you guys or 55 of you guys wrote names back, and I just broke down players for half the day in a way that I simply can't do quickly here on a podcast. So social media is all the rage right now, and if you'd like to work with us here at HoopBall, you can hit me up there on Twitter as well, at Dan Bespris. We are recruiting Leagues are full, by the way, but you can get on the wait list for next year that way. Also, uh, again, all of this is through Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or just Google search Dan from HoopBall. Let's go ahead and bring in our buddy Adam King right now. And there he is, the great Adam King, 91 on Twitter. Your name doesn't have a 91 in it, but uh, Adam, what's up, dude? Welcome back. Oh, very good to be here. It's been a while. I don't know when I was on with you last. Been not a, too long. Uh, not too long. Minute, but, but it, yeah, I, I've been on uh, other shows with you or, or parallel or whatever the word <laughs> is with you. This week, even, we were on a couple together. So it's been a busy couple of weeks. Yeah, it's nice to talk to you frequently this time around. I, last year was such a ridiculous sprint into the season. You were still somewhat fresh to hoop ball. I think you you came over... Like during the bubble, right? Yeah. Uh, where Thereabouts. Are we yeah, so it was about July last year. I yeah, think, June, bubble July time. last year, yeah. Oh, boy. A bubble switcheroo. I love it. Um, but yeah, I don't... I mean, you know, you've you've seen this podcast. I'd, I'd guess I had like one guest for about a calendar year in there. And it was just... It's just nice to talk to... Well, it's nice to talk to you, and then it's also just nice to talk to other people, where my schedule is a little bit less wonky. I have, you know, the older kid is, the older kid is back in preschool now. They're a couple hours in the middle of the day. Not a ton, but it matches up well when you're up at the butt crack of dawn in Australia uh, is tomorrow. <laughs> it's my afternoon today, so I guess happy weekend to you. 
And uh, it sounds like you guys are inching your way out of lockdown. So congrats on that. Yeah, we're uh, we're excited to be out and, and doing things, and the kids will be back at school in two, well, one more week. I think they've got at home, and then they're then they're back at school. So uh, that'll be nice working from home without having to homeschool as well. Oh, that is that's huge. Your kids are older than mine, but man, when it space shrinks quickly when there are youths running around nearby doesn't it <laughs> it's like yes yeah yes it does yeah it's uh they're not quite there yet but sometimes it feels like four adults in the house <laughs> <laughs> oh boy well listen i promised the listeners a very special episode today um you've been on this pod a couple of times here during the preseason run-up kind of uh shepherding us along sherpaing us if you will into how to punt and leagues and i just I want you. You used a uh, an, a gif on Twitter to sh- express how happy you were that I actually tried to punt big man stats in in a league the other day, and I'm fairly certain I completely screwed it up. But I, you know, I I rolled with it. It was a relatively cheap Yahoo Pro League. I'm just kind of feeling these out and seeing what the competition level is like. But I wanted you to know every pick I made. I was thinking. What would Adam King do right now? And I just kept taking guards over and over again. Um, and then ultimately, I ended up with Larry Nance as like my main center. Yeah, <laughs> which I feel like that made sense, right? Because he's a steals guy. He gets assists. He's not a traditional big. He doesn't really hit threes, but I felt like I had enough of him at that point. But he's a he's a good late round center to get in that format, right? He is. Yeah, I, I've actually got him in in one of my leagues. Yes, my I center. did it right. Um, <laughs> and yeah, look, I mean, his free throws aren't terrific, but he doesn't get there much. Um, and he, he actually did start shooting some threes last season. So he might get you one every now and then. Um, and I'm in a, another league where I'm doing that exact punt at the moment. And I just took Al Horford as my center. Mm. So I'm pretty happy to get him at about 110, I think. All right. Tell me if I completely whiffed on this one. In the late mid rounds, I went Draymond Green as another forward center just to have two that are eligible there because, again, I was hunting assists, steals. I know he doesn't take many threes anymore. He sort of abandoned the uh, the Draymond Green backpack-wearing three-point stroke. But did I did I whiff by not getting enough scoring there? Uh, not if you went hard early with, with scoring guards. Um, I think I, I did. I mean, sometimes <laughs> I I you, can, you can go too much in one direction, so... Um, whether you win scoring, whether you're way ahead or you're just ahead, um, sometimes you can redirect that energy into some other stats. And Draymond's really good, um, really good at that. His free throws actually aren't too bad. Uh, no, I think he hit yeah, 80 he last year. I think he got it to 80% last season, which was yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. So not terrible. And, and yeah, he doesn't shoot threes, but we don't really want him shooting threes. So that's a good thing. Can we do an exercise here? Because we're actually going to... Uh... To, to all the listeners, I'm going to be getting some of Adam's value plays in just a minute, but I, I want to do an exercise with the team that I'm talking about now. I Everybody was like, Dan, post your team on Twitter of this draft you started. And I was like, guys, I tried my first big man punt. I don't want to post the team on Twitter. I want Adam to tell me what I got right and wrong. Um, can I give you my picks here and you can tell me if I'm, if I'm on the right path? And then if anybody wants to do something similar, this will perhaps give them an opportunity because... I, one of the things that you and I, I think, sort of settled on in one of our other shows was as you get into more and more competitive head-to-head leagues, you need to probably punt more categories. Um, okay, so here, here's where we are. Uh, I was on the turn because 
you know, I don't want to swear on my show, but I'll just say bleep me every freaking draft I do. I'm on a turn. I've gone 12th, 1st, 12th in the randomizers I've used for different leagues this year. And then there was one league I had 10th, but that was just because we'd do like a reverse order thing and I got third place the year before. Uh, So on the turn, I went Paul George and Bradley Beal. I feel like I got a ton of scoring, not a boatload of assists there, but like a medium chunk from both of them. Should I have, this is a nine category league, by the way, should I have just forced Trey into that lineup to get assists or did I do okay by going uh, heavier on free throw percent, scoring, threes, steals? I think I would have been in steals issues if I didn't have Paul George there. Uh, What did I do right and what did I do wrong out of those first two? No, they're they're fine. Um yeah, look, I mean, you could have considered Trey there, perhaps Fred Van Fleet as well. If he, but he may have been gone. I don't know if he was there. Um, they he be was. The only other he was still two there. Two I'd probably consider, but um, I know the rankings or the projections for for this punt pretty well. So I know Paul George and um, Bradley Beal are both first rounders um, in that build. Oh, uh, good. And and yeah, look, I mean, they would have helped you with assists, but getting Paul George actually is not a bad idea because it gets you a forward spot filled early, um, which means you can grab a, a guard later where you might have had to grab a forward otherwise. Yeah, so, he's power forward eligible this year. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I go with, in that sort of a build, um, I I do go with Tatum as well. Occasionally yeah, he went at 11. I was really pissed. He went right before me at 11. Yeah. I got so close. Uh, so he was the, I filled in, Tatum spot with Paul George instead, effectively there. Now, the thing I've noticed here after my first two was, okay, well, Paul George is probably going to shoot like 45-ish, 45-46% this year. Beal actually is not a bad field goal percent guy. So even though at this point I'm like, I'm probably punting big man stats, I don't know that I had married myself to completely punting field goal percent. I feel like I could actually still be mid-pack, not going to beat the teams that have a lot of big men on them in it, but I'm probably going to be able to beat some teams that have, uh, I don't know, the team that ends up with Freddie Van Fleet. I might be able to beat them. So at 36, 37, I kind of went, I kind of leaned into this. Like I might still be okay at field goal percent. I went Tobias Harris and De'Aaron Fox. I thought it was really early for me to do Fox. I'd never advocate this if I wasn't punting big man stuff. And I, I know that he doesn't fit the I need to win free throws, but I had Paul George, Beal, and Harris at this point, and I knew what I was going to do later with free throws. Tell me, did I did I do okay, or should I have gone a, a wildly different direction? I know you don't know who was off the board at this point, but I can tell you if you ask. <laughs> how'd, I, uh, how'd I do at 3-4? Yeah, look, that, that's that's pretty good. That, I mean, that that's in, in, in a sort of a normal situation that's a bit high for fox but in this build that's fine he, he's a he's almost a second rounder i have a feeling in this build um and yeah look i mean free throws aren't aren't terrific but there, there's certainly a world where he get where he improves that this season i think so um yeah fox fox is really good there he'll help you with assists he's going to score a lot um not won't hit a ton of threes but he he'll hit enough uh, and then, yeah, look, going with um, Harris, well, that, that fits your brand very well. Getting, getting <laughs> Tobias somewhere. <laughs> and rock solid. He's going to play a lot of games. Um, again, he's another forward. So you, you've you've filled out your forward spot now. Um, so, 
yeah, look, I mean, there you could, you could have gone for another guard, but shoring up that forward spot now, like you did with Paul George, means that you've got some flexibility a bit later to, to chase mm. some guards. Yeah, and the guards were largely off the board unless I went uh, reaching down quite a bit, actually. They had almost all come off, and then the next one... Um, I think Jaw went relatively soon. Drew Holiday was still out there as a potential guard, but I don't know that he's quite the right fit here because he's not a super high-scoring one. And I was looking for, like, I wanted a guard that could score, and we know that De'Aaron Fox is going to do that. And then I got a little weird. So five and six, I went Draymond Green and Darius Garland, another guy who I think is going way too high in a traditional build. But for this one, Garland feels like I almost got a steal at 61, and now I also got my center. But again, you already told me that it was okay that I didn't take that much scoring with Dre. Uh, I felt like I needed to make sure I got assists out of the big man at this spot. I'm guessing you like Garland here for a big man punt. Yeah, for, for this punt, it's really good. He, he's probably a, probably normally going around, at around 60-ish anyway, 60, 70. But in this build... Um, He's up there with Fox, I would say, like in terms of potential value, he could he could easily be a third rounder. So I think you've got got a lot of value there, and and he's going to score um, enough. He'll he'll be sort of twenty points a game, which is that's what you're looking for in this area of the draft, um, especially with having grabbed Draymond Green there. You you needed to make sure that you got a guard who was going to score. Norman Powell, Devontae Graham at 84 and 85. What did I do right and what did I do wrong there? I uh, like Powell for this season. Um, he's, yeah, he's sort of going, gen- so what, What? where did you get, what's the spot? Uh, sorry, that's eight, 80, 84 and 85. Yeah, that's about right for Powell anyway. And so in this build, it's even better. Um, he's very good for free throws. Uh, he's. Uh, I have a feeling that's one of his strongest categories from memory. Um, and again, he's going to score. He'll hit threes. He actually he actually manages to get more than a steal a game um, most nights. And then you went with. I went Devon. I went Devonte Graham there. So now mm. I'm like, maybe I should punt field goal after all that hard work to not totally punt it. But I <laughs> I really wanted to make sure I got threes and assists. And so I, I kind of took a swing. I was pretty pissed, actually. A few of the guys I wanted came off the board right before uh, it got to me at Norman Powell. Like Spencer Dinwiddie went at 81. I thought he would have been a pretty good guy for this build. Um, Buddy Heald, I thought about getting points and threes. And then I thought, all right, screw it. I'm just going to go point guard and take a swing here. He's kind of my first take a chance guy in this draft, really. Um, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I mean, he's he's a traditional punt big type of dude. <laughs> Yeah, and look, I mean, the, the Pels, who knows how long Zion's going to be out. So they're going to need scoring from wherever they can get it. So We shall see. All right, let me give you my last five in one big swoop, and then we can talk some Adam King value, guys. My last five, TJ McConnell, uh, like or dislike? Uh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm neutral with that one. I think. Yeah, not a ton of scoring, but traditional uh, point guard stuff. Reggie Jackson at 109, thoughts there? Uh, I don't mind that one in this okay. build. I think he's gonna he's gonna score a bit this season. Larry Nance, we already talked about uh, one thirty three. Yep. I went Gary Trent Jr. I felt like that's a bunch of points on the board late, where he doesn't do much else. But again, in this build, I just thought, all right, like I got to make sure I win the scoring categories, or the whole thing explodes. Everybody else is taking these like 
crazy long shots or low upside type of dudes. And he's a guy that what if things go right? And he scores like 18, 19 points a game. I feel pretty good about that one, actually. What did you think about Gary Trent in, in this build? Yeah, look, at the back end, um, he, he's he's a perfect guy to get. Um, we we know his flaws. We know what he's not good at. But yeah, everything else. Getting, <laughs> everything else, pretty much, yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, he's fine um, right at the back end. That, that's a good pick. And then everybody was gone. My last pick was Ricky Rubio. I have almost no intention of keeping him all season long, but if he gets a few assists early, I don't... That's fine. I don't need you to break that one down. Uh, okay, thank you, Adam. I feel uh, not terrible about this team. I think I'm going to win scoring categories, points, threes, free throw percent. I feel pretty damn confident about steals. And, uh, I mean, I think this team should win assists most weeks also. And then there's a question mark, like maybe I could not lose field goal percent. Maybe I could not lose turnovers to some teams that have like Russell Westbrook or a, or a hardened type. My, my team doesn't have that one guy that commits four turnovers a game. They just have a lot of guys that are at like two and a half. So we'll see how that shakes out. And then I am definitely losing blocks and rebounds every week. And they're not going to be close. I'd, I don't have any of those. I think De'Aaron Fox might be the guy who averages the highest number of blocks on my team this year. Uh, yeah. And look, I mean, with with a punt strategy like that, something else that that um, managers can consider, especially when it comes to turnovers, if you get towards if you get to the last day, chances are if if you've punted well and and your roster's pretty healthy, if you get to the back end of the week, second like second last day, last day. There's a chance you can rest a lot of players or bench them because you're so far ahead in in your categories that you can then go, okay, well, I'm pretty close in turnovers here, so I'm going to rest three of these guys who get three turnovers a game um, and still safely win my my categories. And you might be able to sneak turnovers that way. That is something that I've done before. That would be nice to try to like squeeze a 7-2 win instead of a 6-3 or a 6-3 instead of a 5-4. That really does add up at the end of the year when you're like, okay, well, I'm three games out of second place. What if I had gotten creative a little earlier in the season? And I made the people wait long enough. Adam, give me your first value guy. Let's break them down. Um, all right, I'll go through my... Scrappy list here. Um, so the first guy I put on there, I'll just go in the order that I wrote them as I thought of them, um, was Jonas Valanciunas. Mm, um, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Look, I think we know exactly who he is. Um, he's he's efficient. Free throws are pretty good. He'll get you heaps of rebounds. Won't get you a lot of blocks, but if Zion misses time here, um, they're going to need him out there even more. So I, I think even if it's only for the first month, six weeks, we don't know with Zion. But um, yeah, look, he is falling a little bit and I'm, I'd am i be really happy with getting him uh, in the middle rounds. I'm seeing him go in the, in the 50s at times, yeah. which feels... Uh, ridiculous. He was number 31 last year, and that's after getting off to what I think we could kind of deem a little bit of a slow start. Like, I know he's not a big blocks guy, but he was at like .7 at the halfway point of the year, and you just knew that couldn't possibly stick, and then the second half of the season, 
His field goal percent was a little bit better, and he blocked about half a shot better, and everything just kind of came up a little bit all at the same time. And so the second half of this season, Jonas Valanciunas was a first-round player with Memphis. Now, Adam, I don't think either of us expects him to be a first-rounder with New Orleans, but he was only playing 29 minutes in that game. And then I've had a lot of people say, like, well, like, you know, they're going to be going Zion at center a ton in New Orleans. And let's forget for a minute even that Zion is hurt right now. Steven Adams played 28 minutes a game last year at center for that Pelicans team. So even if you just flip that straight over to Valanciunas, that still puts him pretty close to his actual time on court that he had with the Grizzlies. Uh, let me ask you this, though, Adam. Do we think... I mean, I'm a tiny bit concerned, but not enough to say that he's not a massive value. I'm a little bit concerned that he doesn't get quite the same opportunity when he's on the court on a Pels team that's healthy that he had in Memphis. But I don't know, like that team does need rebounding in a bad way. They do, yeah. And and I mean, even Zion is not a he's not a huge rebounder. It's not he's not going to be getting you 11, 12 a game. So yeah, I I see no reason that he won't be out there. And, I mean, it might be a case because, I mean, what we've seen in the preseason, the Pelicans, they don't look they don't look good at the moment. Um, oh, no, I'm so on the ma- under. I've got their season win total under, and I'm very yeah. pleased with it. <laughs> yeah, then it's, it's not looking promising. Um, I mean, you never know. But so I guess there's a world where they do start scaling him back at the end of the year and trying to get Jackson Hayes on the floor a bit more. But he could be a guy, if you can get him in in the 50s, um, after the first month, he could very well be a top 30 player. So then you flip him and get someone uh, who's maybe their future is a little bit more set in stone um, and, and you, you end up with a, a top 30 player all season because he, he could scale back and be a, a top 60 player later in the year, top 70. But um, yeah, I, I'd definitely be grabbing him in the 50s if he's sitting there. Yeah, and I think even... Like, even if you didn't want to get too creative with it, you could probably just ride it out and be happy with what you get. Aside from he had that really nasty ankle injury a couple years ago. Um, I think that was the 2018-19 season. No, am I getting that wrong? Was it the one after that? Was it the shortened uh, season? I don't know. The, the, the last three seasons oh my all God. blur into one. Yeah, I think it was the season he was traded early in the year from Toronto to Memphis. And then I and then I think he got there and missed like a like six weeks with an ankle thing. Uh, he So he got to Memphis and then he was amazing and then he got hurt. I, I feel like that's what happened, but just like you, I don't remember things all that clearly. Um, <laughs> the, the, the official shortened season... Um, he played 70 out of 72 games. And then this last year, he played 62 out of 72, despite being quarantined twice for different exposures. Uh, if he doesn't miss those four or five games, he he only misses like four games this year. JV, I think it's... People assume he's been hurt, but it was really only one injury he's had that took him out for any substantial length of time, more than like three or four games. So he's actually also... And I know that everybody's like... Well, they're healthier until they're not. Um, he's just a big dude who doesn't feel the types of dings and bruises that a lot of other guys do, I think. So you're probably by totals, and I don't know if you agree with me on this, I think you get a better totals number out of him even than per game, and per game probably beats the ADP anyway. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think um, as we've well, we've talked about it, and it's been talked about on on many podcasts this season. I don't think there's many players that play more than eighty games. Um, we're going to see we're going to see a bit of rest and injury management, that sort of thing. But he could very well be up in the mid to high seventies. Um, I guess, as I said, the only concern is maybe they scale him back at the the back end of the season if they're if they're tanking, but. You can't draft with that in mind, so yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I don't know if be... it would. Yeah, I don't know if it'll be all that substantial anyway. Yeah, I'm I'm totally on board with this one from a projection standpoint. Um, last year he averaged 17 and 12 and a half. Both of those were effectively career highs. I know that the previous year in Memphis in the in the partial season he averaged 20 points, but that was only over 19 games. How far? What kind of a step back do we think he takes this year? I, I'm thinking small, but I do think that there's some little step back. Oh, I think a little bit, but n- not nothing significant. I think his rebounds probably hold fairly steady at around 12. Um, I don't, I don't think he loses a lot there. The scoring maybe one or two points off, but that'll that will depend on Zion as well. I think when Zion's not on the floor, they're going to need his inside scoring. Um, when Zion's back, it maybe scales back slightly, but I would still have him at, I don't know, 15 and 12 with a block. Um, and he's in a, he's generally pretty good from the free throw line, which is something else that you don't see from a lot of bigs at this point of the draft. Yeah, 78% in his career, uh, 77 this most recent season in Memphis, so pretty much right on the money there. I love it. Adam, who you got next? Um... Hmm. Ooh, scouring the list. Scouring my list. Uh, I'm going to go with Lonzo Ball. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So he's um, going... What the hell is his ADP right now? I feel like he's actually going not that far from JV. No, he's around the 50s as well, um, I would think. And and I've, I know I've got him in a few teams this year, and I'm okay getting him in the third round. Uh think he could be a top 30 player i i don't think it will happen but if we if it comes to the end of the season and lonzo finishes ahead of lamello i i wouldn't be completely shocked if that happened i actually so i you you said a few things there in in your start on lonzo i actually don't disagree on the Lonzo versus LaMelo thing, which I, I think that puts us on an island, actually, because everybody's got LaMelo at, like, 18 on their draft boards. And I'm like, this dude hasn't shown me that he can do the categories that no one pays attention to yet. And with Lonzo, yeah, the field goal percent is still a, a disaster, but he did fix his free throw stroke last year. Um, and he, he made over three three-pointers a game. Odds are LaMelo probably beats him on a per-game basis, assuming LaMelo does take a step forward in the percentages. Overall, though, I'm actually a little bit... Uh, I'm, I'm a little more bearish. Nah, that's not fair, because then that sounds like I'm down on those guys. I think I'm probably just less bullish on uh, all of the balls than the fantasy community at large. Lonzo, by the way, his ADP right now, they l- literally are next to each other. He and Jonas Valanciunas. Lonzo Ball is 51-4, and JV is 51-5. So they are 
neighbors in ADP, I think I'd rather have Valanchunas at that spot between those two guys. Would you lean Lonzo or JV? Uh, it would it would depend on, on the format and whether I'm punting because, I mean, obviously if I'm punting, I'm, I'm probably not targeting JV there. Um, just in a, in a roto league or, or something, I think Valanchunas is probably the surer of the two, uh, so a little bit safer. Lonzo probably has more upside. So, uh, I mean, Valanchunas, you wouldn't really see him getting inside the top 30. Um, but Lonzo could... If if everything sort of falls into place, so yeah, probably Valanciunas slightly, hmm. but but I I generally punting in most of my leagues. So um, Lonzo is someone that I've I've taken there, and and look, his three point shot has looked really good in the preseason. So I think that's just something that he he's worked on, and um, that that's a bit of a difference maker as well for between him and Lamelo. I think Lamelo scores more points, but I think Lonzo hits more threes. The, um, I mean, it feels to me like Lonzo's numbers translate relatively well from place to place because he doesn't need to take 18 shots a game to get to where he needs to be. He has, however, been a little bit of a slow starter in his career. Would you consider, is that part of your handicap? Have you considered trading for him midseason or is that too hard to pull off? Um, is that something that kicks around in the back of your head on the Lonzo stuff? Uh, a little bit, it does. I think Lonzo is an, an interesting fantasy player in general. In that, I think when he obviously when he first came into the league with the Lakers and he he had some ankle issues and his shooting was was a massive problem, and that has just stuck with people, especially those that haven't drafted him before. They just go, "Oh, Lonzo, he's going to kill my field goal percentage um, and my free throw percentage." he's not going to score any points. All he's going to get me is rebounds, assists, and some steals. But that's not really the case anymore. He he He's confident enough now that he'll score 15 a game. Um, and his free throws, are, I mean, I haven't looked at the numbers, but I would say he, he's probably a better free throw shooter than Lamelo at this point. Um, yep. And then he is going to get you all those other stats as well. So he he just tends to fall in drafts, I think, because of how he began his career and we know that when he was with the Lakers he he was he was hyped when he first came in and and he just didn't hit those heights that people were expecting and and since then he's been sort of glazed over a little bit I think in fantasy circles but I, I think he's ready to take that next step this season all right let's do one more you probably have more than that on your list but let's do one more uh before we send folks into the weekend who is who's the last one Give me a real juicy one. <laughs> um, okay, let's go. That's a bit risky. Um, okay, so I've got... This is a guy that I've taken in three consecutive drafts, I oh. think. Um, and if you... Because I, I know you haven't watched a lot of the preseason, uh, but Mo Bamba has looked... Pretty good. Oh yeah, um, I'm with you on this one. I didn't even yeah. need to. Wa- I didn't even need to watch the preseason to be with you on this one. But continue, yeah. please. Uh, yeah. So I had him um, last season. I managed to get him in in a league of mine that has double doubles as a category, and I my my punt in that league was already um, punting guards. So I was looking for rebounds, blocks, field goal percentage, no turnovers. Um, and double doubles, and he was he was really good to finish the season. 
then I guess the concern was that what's his role going to look like um, this season with Wendell Carter healthy? And we probably still don't have a definitive answer on that, but I think it's pretty clear that they're more than comfortable getting him out there for 24 minutes a night. And I think that's all he needs to be a, um, a top 100 player pretty comfortably. And if he can somehow get up to 26, 27 minutes, um, then top 70 uh, is there. And his ADP has come in quite substantially, I think, over the last two weeks. He was he was a last round sort of yeah, guy. Yeah, I'm pissed about that. Yeah. Um, he's come in now where you have to – you've really got to be looking at him around, the, around 100. So it doesn't leave as much value now. But if you're in a league of people that – that don't watch a lot of preseason or don't do a lot of research, then he could very well still be available um, at one twenty, one thirty in your league, and I think you have to grab him there. So I have a lot of nice things to say about Bamba. I want to start with the fear part. Do you have Bamba fears in head-to-head? Because to this point in his career, his body just has not been able to withstand the rigors of an NBA season, and not even close, really. I don't know that I can take him head to head i feel like he's going to be on the injured list half the year yeah look that that is uh it's in my mind absolutely because of of what he's done so far but he he does look as though he's filled out so he looks like he's grown into his body a bit he's put on a bit of mass um and he just looks better up and down the court he doesn't look clunky he looks he looks smooth so I think he, he's in as good a position as he can be to to actually play in 65, 70 games um, and play. Because I, I don't think he's a guy that they can get out there for 30 minutes a night. Um, so, as I said, 24 is more than fine. Maybe he can bump that up to 26, 27. A um, little bit like Robert Williams, I think. He, he's just not built to be on the taking the bumps for three quarters of an NBA game or whatever it might be. So I'm concerned, but I think if you're getting in that late in the draft, then the, the upside is enough that it's worth a chance. So now let me pivot to the nice things. And I don't, I say a lot of stuff on this show. I have to talk to myself for uh, extremely long lengths of time. I hope that people remember that in the off season, when I started to see rank lists come out, that one of the first things I said was, I don't trust Wendell Carter Jr. as far as I can throw him. And I would rather have Mo Bamba between those two guys. And everybody was like, what? Bamba's coming off the bench. They don't care about him. They haven't offered him a contract. And I was like, I don't care. This is fantasy. He can do it in 21 minutes. Wendell Carter Jr. needs 31 to do it. And now everybody's coming over to the Bamba camp. And I'm happy to have you, but everybody's ruining his damn ADP. Uh, I'm targeting him in games cap roto formats precisely because when he does need to take three weeks off for a broken back or whatever's going to happen to him, then it doesn't really hurt me all that much. But that per-game upside is crazy. Anytime Wendell Carter Jr. misses a game, he's going to go bananas. And then with a timeshare likely in place, he still has... Like, Adam, you were talking about what he did at the end of last year. I feel like a lot of those games he was playing 22 minutes and he was doing it. Am I, I, I don't remember the exact number, but I feel like I'm close, No. Uh, I would say so. Yeah. I, again, I don't have the numbers either. But I said he 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 just can't be on the court for more than about twenty twenty four twenty six minutes. So <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. unlikely he was out there for more than that. Um, but he just he he gets rebounds. He 
he gets blocks. I mean, he, I think he had a five-block game the other day. In the Again, it's only preseason, but... Um, yeah, if you can get a guy that's that's sort of averaging twelve and nine with two blocks, um, his free throws aren't terrible. They're not great, but he's not a he's not a full on punt guy, uh, and he'll hit a three a game as well. They're they're more than happy to let him just stand out on the perimeter and fire away. So um, it does mean his field goal percentage isn't isn't up there with the elite um, guys in this range, like a Jakob Pertle. Um, who's going to get you 65%? Um, Bumba's more down around, I don't know, probably under 50, to be honest, 47, 48. But yeah. uh, that's that's okay. He's not shooting 20 shots a game or anything like that. So, um, no, I, I really like Bumba for this season. You bought me some time to pull up uh, the game log for Bamba from basically when he got healthy last year, which I would argue was probably March. He was sort of in and out of the lineup a little bit, but they had Vooch uh, at that point. They actually had, like, legitimate bodies on the team before they just tore the whole thing to pieces. Down to the studs. March 26th, he played 22 minutes, uh, had 15-4 and four in that ball game, and that was kind of the, oh, look, like, this isn't a big ball game, but Mobamba is not... Uh, not a zero anymore. And then he followed that up with 11 and seven, three assists, three blocks, 12 and eight with a block, 11 and five with a steal and a block. And his minutes slowly started to creep up. Then you saw a 24. We're going for 19 and eight with two blocks, 22 minutes. He went for 14 and six with three blocks. And then Wendell Carter Jr. went down. That was when they were in a timeshare and last like two weeks of the season or so, it went 24, 23, 21, 29, 31, 33 were blended in there. Uh, and there were some crazy games in that mix. 15 and 11, four blocks. 22 and 15. 19 and 15 with four blocks. 9 and 18 with four blocks. Now, that's full starters minutes. So, yeah, I mean, that's like first round value, but and he's not going to play that. But, you know, what we were able to see from there was, again, 22, 23 minutes was more than enough for him. So I say, hell yeah, target Mo Bamba, especially in a games cap format where missed games are not going to hurt you. But, oh yeah, man, I'm like, I feel a hipster Mo Bamba here. I was all over him at the end of last season. It sounds like you were too. And uh, I'm not a Wendell Carter Jr. believer. I don't think his fantasy game translates all that well. We keep keep convincing ourselves before every season that like the steals and blocks are going to magically just come back to where they were as rookie season. I need to see it happen before I fully buy into it. Uh, and then who the hell knows what's going on in Orlando? They're just going to play young guys, and he's still young, despite it seems like he's been there forever. The marvelous Adam King. I'm sorry, I talked too much there. Adam, thank you for three delicious values. You probably have a bunch of drafts coming up here, right? We're, we're coming down the chute. Uh, yeah, I've got... Um, I've actually done most of them now. So I've got... Oh, I'm man. in a 30-deep feeder league, which we just started the, this morning. Well, this morning, my time. Um, so the top four from that league will um, advance to the the real 30 deep next season. So that's exciting. Um, and I've got another draft which started 13 minutes ago, and it's a it's a weird one. Um, I think I I talked. Who did I talk with? It might have been Mike Catron. I talked about this draft. It was a um, and he'll appreciate the shout out. So it's a, a guy that I'm in a league with, um, uh, duels and, and a bunch of his mates. And the draft 
lottery was very interesting. Um, and this will, it'll take me 45 seconds to explain it, but it's, it's interesting. Go for it. For yeah, do it. Listening. So the way the lottery worked this season was every, every team was given $100 to spend. Uh, and this happened quite a while ago, so I'll have to remember it. We were given $100. There's nine rounds. So the, each it's a 16-team league. We only go nine players deep. Each round had an associated cost with it. So I think if first round pick was $25, second round was 15 third round was 12 and it scaled down. Then you got to about round six or seven, and then it was a dollar for the last three. So you had to allocate your $100 how you wanted to. So some people bought four lottery balls in the first round. So they spent <laughs> their $400 and got four lottery balls. Some people didn't spend any money. So there were lots of strategies going on. So I I just tried to go balanced. So I tried to ensure that I got a pick in each round. Um, but I know one guy who bought, he blew all his $100 in the first round. He got he ended up with four first round picks in this draft. Um, but then he doesn't pick again till about round seven. So he's very top heavy. And then there was, I know Duels and, and a couple other guys didn't spend any money till about round four. And then they bought, I don't know, like 10 lottery balls in the fourth round. So basically they're picking their whole team in the fourth round. So it was very interesting and it's going to be a weird draft because there's no there's no logical order. I think I've got pick four, pick 20, 27, pick <laughs> 41. It's, it's odd. So we've got that draft. It's just starting now. So, oh, my. Um, my yeah, brain. it's going to be... Weird to see which strategy came comes out on top at the end of the year. Yeah, that is, that's an adventure, man. I don't know if I can wrap my brain around that much thought going into just the beginning of a league. Like I need to get into my draft and get out of it. And I'm like an idiot here, adding Yahoo Pro leagues mostly just to see what they're like. Uh, next year, I'm I'm gonna have to really figure this thing out. I I'm getting myself spread too thin, and here you are making my thinness of spread seem robust by comparison. You are fully thinned. Uh, AdamKing91, that's where you can find him on Twitter, at AdamKing91. My good buddy from right here at HoopBall. Adam, thanks, man. I'll talk to you soon. No worries. Thank you. Have a good um, Friday afternoon. My good buddy, Adam King. Always enjoy visits from uh, Adam right here at HoopBall. I'd like to say right here at Hootball, like we're in neighboring offices or something like that, but uh, he's in Australia, and he's like 17 hours ahead of me right now. We almost couldn't be any farther apart, uh, and yet we work in the same technical office. What an interesting time. Once again, he is at AdamKing91 on Twitter. I know I just told you that, but please do give him a follow. He works. He might be the hardest-working man in fantasy basketball at this point, and three fun values everybody talks about sleepers like they have to be guys that are going in the 130 range but it's okay for them to just be dudes being drafted too late and i am so very on board with two of his three guys that he listed i'm a little skeptical of lonzo and i i expressed it i didn't um but i also think that he's probably going about where he should Lamelo, on the other hand, well, I've already gotten in trouble for my Lamelo takes. Uh, I am at Dan Bespris, as I mentioned earlier in the show. Please do 
Give a follow to me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, to Hoopball on Twitter at Hoopball Fantasy. Please subscribe, and if you have the time to rate, do so on the podcast. Also, this show, as always, brought to you by buddies at Manscaped.com and MyBookie.ag. I've got a deal for you at MyBookie.ag. Hit me up on Twitter at Dan Bespris and just send a note to me, a reply, not a direct message, a reply, because my DMs are closed, uh, a reply that says, Dan, I'm interested in the MyBookie deal. And I'll let you know that I've got something that's not lame-ass promo bucks. I got a good prize for you here. And I know many of you, some of you heard me offer up a prize in the offseason, uh, but there are a lot of you that are listening now that weren't listening two months ago. So hit me up on Twitter, at Dan Vespers. Give me a follow so that I can then write you back. I will DM you after I see the note and uh, might be able to get you guys set up with something cool over there. And that's that. Tomorrow, Saturday show and Sunday show. Saturday, we're going to be reviewing the... Uh, Yahoo top list where they've moved some of their bodies and what it's done to ADP ESPN on Sunday. We've pretty much ignored them to this point, but they do have a lot of fantasy leagues. So we'll cover some of their stuff as well. Monday, I believe we'll be talking to the great Aaron Bruski, our founder legend, Aaron Bruski, taking us basically into the start of the NBA season. Tuesday, we'll do our first edition of what to watch for. Uh, and mixed in there, we're going to recap some of my real drafts. Uh, I've got a whole bunch of them going on. I got one tonight. Do I have two tonight? Holy crap, I don't know. No, one tonight, two on Saturday, one on Sunday, one on Monday even? What have I done? Oh, Lord. Yep, not going to live this one down with the family. Oh, well, if you guys don't hear a podcast on Tuesday, it's because they killed me. Have a great Friday, everybody. I'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.